Hi everyone, I'm Annika and this is the Tried and Truth Podcast. Welcome back to another episode, whether you are tuning in for the first time or joining me for another great conversation with a great guest. I am so thrilled that you're here. This podcast is really designed with two things in mind. One, to really build a community around so many of the themes that all of us navigate at various points in our lives. And two, just to bring in people and businesses that are maybe one or maybe 100 steps ahead of us. And this conversation is all of that embodied into one conversation. And so I'm so excited to share today's episode with you. We are sitting down with Britt Goff. She's a founder of Wheat and Honey Co. She is also the host of the Wheatful Woman podcast, as well as an amazing host to many events and retreats. One of my favorite things about this conversation was just this conversation about what it really looks like to sit in seasons that feel really hard or seasons where you feel really stuck. So she shares so much of her own journey and I just took so many nuggets of wisdom away from her story and I know that you will too. She's also just sharing the story behind her business and just how she didn't necessarily step straight out of college and walk into this incredible business that she's built and this world that she's created, but just sharing a lot of realities about what that in-between season looked like, Um, even just her own experience in the evolution of her business and her journey in creating and cultivating this greater and growing community, which is not what she had initially set out to do. We're talking about pursuing those mountaintops that I think so many of us search for or long for in our careers or in our life and the truths behind those. And lastly, one of my favorite and best definitions of success that I've heard yet, especially if you're someone who is driven by numbers or worry about tomorrow a lot, you're going to have a treat in listening to her definition today. So take a listen to my conversation with Britt Goff. Britt, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. So excited to be here with you. Me too. Thank you for inviting me. Well, okay. Before we kick off this conversation, I want you to just shed some light on who you are, what you do, a little bit of your story so that we can invite others into it because it is it is incredible. <laughs> You're, sweet. <laughs> You're sweet. I'm so thankful. We had a mutual friend that introduced us and just totally hit it off. Our coffee date last week was how long? amazing three and a half hours three and a half hours long (laughs) it felt like an hour and we looked at our clocks and thought oh my gosh (laughs) we have places to be but yeah I'm so excited to be here and chat with you today my name is Britt Goff and I live in Grapevine Texas I went to the University of Oklahoma and then moved back to the Dallas area where I met my husband and we have a golden retriever And I started my own business just a couple of years ago and it's evolved, which I know we're going to get to over the past few years, but it's been a beautiful season of my life of learning to release control and follow the wave and wherever that wave takes you in your business and the friends that it's brought along the way, the relationships, the the colleagues, the experiences have been life-changing. So tell us a little bit more about your business businesses. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But right. Wheat and Honey Co. is my business and we have a couple different sides to it. We have our product shop where we contract women around the world that create our products. They're artists that hand paint Bibles, that paint portraits that comes in and out. We were just talking about that before this call. And then we also have a team of writers that write devotionals and studies and kind of create this other side of the business as well. But it's 
something that I never imagined the business would turn into to have women that are around the world that get to be a part of it and use their skills that are all different. And we come together and create these products that women can go online and shop that are life-giving to them. And then we have our podcast, our Wheatful Woman podcast that I host that was a result of the events that we host. And all of these together create the shopping experience, but also a greater community that truly drives our mission and everything that we put. Love it all so yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd love to just like take a step back from where you are, because I, I know in our conversation that we had, you shared a little bit about how you didn't just finish school and said, I want to start a business. Like there was stuff before the stuff. And yeah. I think the evolution of that is just really encouraging to people that feel like I have to pursue one thing and one degree and one path and one field. And that's what I have to do forever. Mm-hmm. And I think your story is just such a beautiful picture that that's not how it has to be. And even once you change and pivot, like it can still evolve into so many things based off of circumstances that arise, whether it's in the world or in your business, and it continues to grow and evolve with what it it becomes. So I'd love for you to like take one quick step back and just bring people into that, weave them into that story. Mm -hmm. It's funny you say that because I am the least likely to be the person that follows that because (laughs) I love control. And if you could have seen me in high school with my resume and picking where I wanted to go to school and then in college, going through my internships and all the different things that I was a part of, it was very much all pieces to a greater puzzle. And I thought everything that I do, every decision I make either leads me one step closer to who I'm going to be, or it's going to be a distraction. So don't mess up, (laughs) make sure that everything you're doing is leading you on this one clean trail. Something that I love to tell women that I coach or mentor or younger women in my life is to not feel that pressure so much, but to follow your intuition as women, especially as women, we are given this gut feeling on so many things that we're so quick to dismiss. We think, oh, that was just a decision I made off of emotions, or I was excited to be interior design. So that's why I started my college degree there. But sometimes that gut feeling that creates almost this posture of leaning in, I'm, I'm interested in interior design, or I'm interested in being a part of this organization, but it doesn't really make sense. It doesn't fit my career to be involved in this organization, but I'm interested. Sometimes we totally miss our calling just because it doesn't match Mm. the greater path. And I'm not saying always switch paths and go in totally different directions, but there's something so beautiful about being open and okay with something that may look like a distraction, but there's something so beautiful from that. If we give it a little bit of our attention. That's really good. And I know you and I talked about all the times we switched our majors. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And I I think there is so much pressure to do that. You know, I still remember in my, you know, my first job, somebody telling me, you know, are you sure that this is the job you want to stay in? Cause you're going to pigeonhole yourself into this. And in that moment, I thought maybe they're right. Like if this is what I choose to do, I'm going to be stuck doing this for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And that's just so not true. It's so not true. And we've talked about this, but I I feel like all the skills that you acquire and accumulate Mm -hmm. and leaning into each of those, whether it's jobs or roles or degrees or businesses, it's like you are able to leverage all of that as Mm -hmm. you grow and as your life evolves and as 
your career or your pursuits or your passions evolve. Yes. But it's, you know, leaning into that and not dismissing it. I think that's such a good point you bring up. I think we mm-hmm. do dismiss so much of that because we want it to make sense and we want to pursue the path that's, you know, quote unquote, easy to control. Yeah. <laughs> easy to control. Yeah. And people have done this and I know it works. And so I'm just going to do the path of least mm-hmm. resistance because mm-hmm. it works, but it's yeah. not always necessarily the right path. So seeing your gut as a gift. Mm-hmm. We have to, we have to, and it's, we miss so much of the beauty of life mm-hmm. and relationships if we don't slow down. And part of that is relationship driven. And the other part is actually expertise that's instilled in us because of experiences. And if we don't slow down enough to think my career is very, very cut and dry, I am in whatever part of my previous career history was sports marketing. I am in sports marketing. So everything I'm doing has to revolve around that. If I would not have been willing to say, I have a passion for being around more women than I'm around right now. I am very, I'm in a male dominated field and I need to stay in this space. I'm involved in these organizations that all feed that. If I would not have paused for a second and thought, yeah, I'm already very, very busy, but what, what is it going to hurt to add two hours a week into my schedule and entertain this idea of a desire to be around more women and to serve women? And what does that look like? And how is that in return making me a better person? Because I'm, I'm listening to that. And that's what led me to where I am today. And I'm not in sports marketing at all anymore. But if I wouldn't have Again, I'm a control personality. If I would not have said, what is two hours a week going to hurt? I would never have made it to where I am now. And where I am now, I truly believe is where I'm supposed to be. I love that. I kind of call it the appetizer, (laughs) almost like the appetizer, like just give yourself a teaser of something that is boiling within you or burning within you. Like you have this passion or this desire. And my husband and I joke about this all the time because we're those people that you just naturally, right? You feel like if it's not going to be successful, why am I going to try it? Like if I'm not guaranteed for it to succeed, I don't want to put money or time or effort into it. But I think there's something to say about these passions lurking within and giving them the benefit of the doubt and a little appetizer, like tease them mm-hmm. out of it. one hour, two hours. It's one day a month. It's just giving yourself those opportunities to see if that's where your light starts to shine a little brighter mm-hmm. and your passions really come to light. Cause I think those yeah. are the businesses and the people and the passions that make a difference. And you know, I think too, it doesn't always have to look the way that we think it looks. You know, I think people have teased it out at various phases in their life for their, their careers only to know that it came to fruition 10, 15, 20 years later in a bigger mm-hmm. capacity. Mm-hmm. Just because you can't do it all at once the way that you're dreaming of doesn't mean that you can't lean into it in small bites along the way and yeah. tell the door opens for it to be bigger for you. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. So as you l- launch this business that has grown so much and evolved, you know, based off all like the education and experience that that you had, do you feel like there was something that you've learned that would be helpful to share that none of that taught you? <laughs> or maybe it did teach you, right? School didn't yeah. teach you when you played by the books. It didn't yeah. teach you what you needed to know to start a business. Anything that comes to mind? Google was my best friend. <laughs> I don't know how anyone ever did anything new on their own before Google. I have no idea. Props to those people, but Google became my best friend. I spent a lot of time self-educating. And then once I took 
wheat and honey full time. I really tried my best to fight my pride and humble myself and ask for help, but do it in ways that aren't asking too much of people. And sometimes that looked like lots of podcast episodes and looking for answers through people that were willing to give information through a podcast, or maybe it was just surrounding myself with people that were 10 steps ahead of me. And sometimes that was really scary, but thinking about who are the women in my community that I can spend time around and learn from just by being in their presence. And hopefully there's something fresh about business ownership that I bring to the table that empowers them too, hopefully. But surrounding yourself with people and not always just asking, how do you do this? How do you do that? I want to start a business just like you. Will you tell me how to do it? That's probably the most annoying question that you can ask anybody, but if you just choose, <laughs> it, it is, it is. And there's a way to do it tastefully, like asking if they offer coaching services and offering to compensate mm-hmm. them for their expertise. And then if they choose to give you information, great. But the big piece of it is surrounding yourself routinely with people that are ahead of the game that are ahead of you and investing in those relationships and not just from a self-seeking angle, but truly wanting relationship with people that are going to spur you on and whatever it is that you're trying to do. That's really good advice. I, my first job ever was in sales and I didn't love it. Let's <laughs> just yeah, put that out there. I didn't hard. love it, but I learned so much from the sales process and mm-hmm. how you can't just show up and ask somebody to buy something. There's this relationship that has to transpire that yeah. is real and built off trust and authentic mm-hmm. before anything else can ever happen, whether that's a business, a department, a product, before anything can grow. I think there is this like true, authentic, relationship or connection that has to transpire first or along the way. And you create those conversations and opportunities to build trust. But also, like you said, I love what you said about new people 10 steps ahead of you. I think it's great to have a little bit of all that one step, 10 steps, a little bit of of all of it. One step kind of helps encourage you. And what's that next thing I need to do? But 10 steps keeps you inspired to, Mm -hmm. you know, uncap what you think is even possible. And to dream so much bigger than I think our finite minds are, are built to dream. And yeah, no, that's, that's really good. Um, as you've done like so many of these events and the podcast and everything, everything that you're doing, (laughs) you talk about coaching. I know you coach some women here and there to whether it's in their business or, you know, in their lives. And what are some of like the common themes that you feel come up? What are things that people just naturally struggle with or, you just feel like is a huge barrier to success, right? Success in their own terms, but success. Sometimes I see, especially business owners, get so burnt out learning and self-educating. And I know I'm this way too, which is why I hire a coach. Sometimes I can do it. I can, I can figure it out. We can figure out anything. Everything's figure outable. We can Google it. We can we can figure anything out that we need to figure out, whether it's creating a website or launch strategy for a new product, whatever it is, we can figure it out. But sometimes we get so tired and isolated that truly that coaching relationship is best used because of expertise. But I find that I need and other women more so need 
a cheerleader and somebody to say, listen, I'm just going to make this really easy. Here are the three things, like the three steps to accomplish that goal that I learned from Google a couple of years ago. And I'm just going to cut all of that busyness out because you're tired and you don't have the time to figure that out. Here's the goods. <laughs> and then I can walk along alongside that person and encourage them. And that's what my coach does for me too. She's just constantly pointing out the things that I'm good at, that I so quickly disqualify because of all the things that I want to be better at. We need that relationship allows us to keep working hard and being good at what we're good at and fighting through what we're not good at because we have those people in our life that come alongside us and say, you can do this, or they just listen when we're frustrated. The community aspect of my business is not something I ever thought it I wanted. It wasn't a part of the original plan. I love being behind the scenes. I love the product side because I get to sit in my comfortable office on my own schedule, shower when I want to shower, go out and see friends when I want to go out and see friends. And I have this space that's very controllable. But my sister one day told me, you get on Instagram and talk about this community. You talk about the women you interact with on Instagram and in DMs and over email and customers because I do all the customer service stuff. You get that, but I don't know what you're talking about. I've never met someone else through the Wheat and Honey community. And that's when the events started because I realized as much as I'm not an event planner, that's not something that I can do it, but it doesn't make me come alive. That was a missing piece to what Wheat and Honey was supposed to be. It was supposed to actually bring women together in person and allow them to meet a new friend because they both came with their guards down and they just wanted to have a good time and be encouraged. And the business coaching is that way too. We all, we were built for relationship. We were created with relationship in mind. And sometimes whether it's working for somebody else or working for yourself, you get so isolated and we don't even realize we're heading in that direction until it's all black around us. And no matter how good you are, how high of quality your product or your service is, that's a really lonely place to be. And it strips us of all creativity because we're not around creation. Like we're not around each other. We're not around even being outdoors and being inspired by being out in nature. When we strip ourselves of all of that, it's a really dangerous place to be. So a lot of what I see in women, whether it's in our community or coaching is that desire within us that we don't give enough credit to and recognize the importance of enough to be in relationship. That's so good. Just isolating our minds, but also isolating ourselves. I think it's two separate pieces. Like we isolate ourselves into things that are comfortable. I have to be behind my desk. I have to be working like the controlled environments that come natural or easy to us that doesn't provoke stress into our life. But also just like the isolation of what we do. Like you said, like it's, I'm not an event planner, right? And so you (laughs) didn't gravitate towards those things, but introducing yourself to event planners, right? And Mm -hmm. helping them help you to take things to the next level and understanding what they do and them understanding what you do and how can that create value that's multiplied to others. And I think you see that whether it's in small businesses or organizations, there's big walls and we put the walls up because we want to make our comfort zone cushier and cushier and cushier. And so we just continue to, to build these things and especially the entrepreneurial mind. I mean, I think that's why so many people pursue their own business because it's like life on your terms, right? Mm-hmm. Oh life yeah. On your terms. yeah. And Absolutely. so you, you create these little bubbles and there's, 
there's good in that for maybe a period of time when you're, mm-hmm. you know, your head is down and you're working and getting stuff done, but we have to remember it take down those walls and invite people into our life and understand what other people do so that we can, like you said, we create this community where we, we partner with skills and talents and mm-hmm. you should about your business. If you've got people who paint and you've got artists and writers and event planners and mm-hmm. so many people that guess on your podcast that come together to create this true community and we all have different skills and how do yeah. you together to use them? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it may not be that you're wanting to be a business owner, but sometimes our flame just gets really small. <laughs> like whatever it is we're doing, I know I'm supposed to keep doing this. And I always talk about this because a lot of times in my story feels like it is so empowering to quit your nine to five and go do the thing. And that wasn't the story for me immediately. I had to wrestle with where I was because I was supposed to stay there. As much as I wanted to jump ship and go do my own thing because it gave me more flexibility and more control, that is not at all where I felt led to go. I felt like this is hard right now and you just have to sit in the hard and stay here and keep working hard for this business I was working for. And sometimes the relationships or even what we were talking about earlier about taking time to pursue things that excite you that may not make sense, sometimes those things aren't to play a part in a bigger business that you're starting, but simply they relight that fire to keep doing what you're doing. And that's good and okay too. They don't always have to be decisions that we're thinking one day I'm going to start a business and I'm going to create this product that solves this problem. But it may just be that you're interested in being around these people that do something totally different to you to encourage and inspire you to keep doing the thing that you're doing. That's different. I am so glad you just shared that. This idea of sitting in the hard, I hear that all the time. I have been there. I have been there where it's like I had these desires and and passions to do so much of the stuff that I get to do now. And it wasn't the time. It wasn't the time. And I had to sit in the hard. And we made a few moves along the way in in our marriage and in our our life. And I thought, okay, this is the time. And it was like this pull and this call to be like, nope, it's not time. It's not your time. And I hear that all the time from people saying, I just, but I, but I love this, or I'm excited about this, or I think I want to switch fields or, or careers or whatever it is, but I just feel like the doors aren't opening and it feels hard. And what you just said, I think is so life-giving that sometimes we have to sit in the hard and work through the hard as it builds resilience and strengthens Mm -hmm. us, helps Mm -hmm. us to keep our fire lit by other ways and other means and being involved, whether it's in organizations or volunteering or mentorship or whatever that looks like for you to keep that fire burning where it is for as long as it needs to burn there, Mm -hmm. but don't let those dreams go out. Right. Like there's, but it's going to, it might look a little bit different and just being open to whatever that different might look like, but not being disappointed when you have to sit in the hard, but Mm -hmm. embracing that hard season of staying put where you need to be. I would say like, you know, right where you are is where you're supposed to be, but it doesn't mean you have to stay there forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you won't there for a season or as long as you need to stay there. And so I love that you shared that story because I think a lot of people can relate to that season of sitting in the hard, sitting in that oh, yeah. job, in that role, in this chapter, until that door is ready to open. There's a reason it hasn't opened and mm-hmm. don't miss what's inside the room. 
Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. And it's not hard to find other people that are sitting in the hard. <laughs> There's <laughs> probably somebody that you will pass today in your life face to face that's in the hard too. Most of us are. I think the seasons of not sitting in the hard are few and far between and they're beautiful, but they're not the goal. Sometimes the goal is learning how to sit in the hard and find this contentment and seeing the beauty as much as it stinks, as hard as it is. The hard is more of our calling than the mountaintop, unfortunately. That's a part of our life, but we get to find peace in the hard. And that is sometimes more the idea of the mountaintop than we realize. We get confused and we think this mountaintop where everything's perfect, that is the goal. That's what I'm striving for. But we get to live life today with peace and joy in the hard. And that truly is the fulfillment that we're seeking. Funny you say mountaintop, because even just before you shared that, I was thinking literally of a mountain and a mountaintop Mm -hmm. and the mountaintop is such a small picture of the mountain. Mm -hmm. It's the small piece. And uh, my kids were watching the show the other day and it's amazing. And it was this like life lessons and stuff. And one of them was like this hiker and he's this little llama and he climbs the top of the mountain and he's trying to get there as fast as he can. Like I have to get to the top of the mountain. And there's these other llamas along the way that are just enjoying the scenery and stopping to sit and enjoy it and breathe it in and look at the, what's out on the horizon. And he gets to the top of the mountain and starts climbing back down. And he's going back down. These llamas ask him, you know, did you see all these things along the way? Why are you headed back so fast? He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I got to the top and now it's time to go down. <laughs> and this whole lesson was just that, like we race so hard to get to this place where all the stars align and we feel so in alignment with our passion. And the business is booming, but there's so much in that journey up and that journey down and in the ebbs and flows of, mm. of our careers and of our life stages. And we miss so much because we've got this eye on the prize of, I just want to get out. I just want to not do this job or work for this company or have my own business and all my problems will be solved. It's like, no, the mountaintop mm. is small. <laughs> there's more to this story and there's more to your journey and there's more that life has to offer, don't miss it. Mm-hmm. Don't miss it. And that was like the whole lesson. Mm-hmm. And it was so funny. My husband and I were sitting there, like we just totally got sucked into this kid's thing. <laughs> it was so like, wow. It's like that sense. It's like we just shut up and like working yeah. for this next goal. And yeah. when someone says, like, did you see that? Did you catch that? It's like, mm-hmm. I kind of missed that. Yeah. And you know, mm-hmm. taking those moments just throughout the the journey to look how far you've come. Like look down, like look back at all the hike that you've made rather than oh my gosh, I still have so much more to this mountaintop like you've come Mm -hmm. so far and there's so much in this season with these relationships that when you get to that next stage you're not going to have right like you're Mm -hmm. you might not some Mm -hmm. might stay and some might not and Mm -hmm. and so yeah I I love that I'm so glad Mm -hmm. that that you share that because I think a lot of people feel like they're in the hard and like you said there's people all around us today that are in that same spot I think when we scroll through social media or you know, we talk to certain friends, we see people in their mountaintops mm-hmm. and a lot of it's so curated. And the reality is I think a lot of us are in a season of waiting for the next season. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't yeah. I love that illustration of the llamas. Like, man, the llamas. <laughs> I'm the quick llama. I'm the llama. It's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm on a mission. And I'm looking back at the other ones thinking you were wasting so much time. Get That's exactly what on. it was. Let's go. <laughs> That's me. He that looks at the other llamas and says, gosh, they're wasting time trying to get to the top. 
that is me. I, I will wrap myself out. I am not llama, but I'm learning. I'm learning what it looks like to be somebody that's efficient and that wants to use my time well and wants to be intentional, but it almost takes more energy in my mind to be the person that's intentional and purposeful with my time on a mission because you paired those two things together. Enjoying the scenery doesn't mean that I just totally slow down and I'm moving at a sloth's pace and my business isn't doing well because I'm just doing whatever feels good every day, but learning how to be intentional. And that is the slow. When I walk to our mailbox room and I get our mail, I try so hard to not walk as fast. That's really hard for me. Don't walk as fast, walk a little bit slower, say hello to the person that's in the mailroom. And if they engage with you, talk to them for a minute. It's not hard, but I never choose to do that because I'm thinking about it's 1130. I have this call at noon. I need to make some lunch really quick (laughs) and I miss it. But sometimes the slowing down to see what's around us is intentionality, not necessarily that we're slowing down. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's almost more difficult, but it is, but it's, it's the key, right? Just mm-hmm. being intentional doesn't mean you're pressing pause or right. it's going to take you longer to get there. It's just being aware. It's self-aware. It's mm-hmm. just aware to all that, that is around mm-hmm. you. No, I, that's, that's really, really good. Um, as you have made a lot of these shifts in your, in your business, what is something you feel like you wish you just would have known sooner? Maybe it's just being intentional. I don't know. <laughs> it's silly, but I mean, back to middle school and elementary school, I always had that entrepreneur mind. And when we, my family and I look back on it and we think, oh man, we didn't even see that coming, but it makes a lot of sense that she's doing what she's doing now. I always had this desire to create something and to put it out into the world and to create work for people. I always had that in me, but then once I started my business because of a desire to surround myself with more women and serve women as greeting cards and a wedding stationery, and then the home portraits. And then it turned into the Bibles. And as all that was happening, the idea that I had was coming together. This idea of serving women and having a product shop, it it was all coming together perfectly, but it was completely empty and it fell flat. Mm -hmm. And part of slowing down in that season and being more intentional for me was actually stopping to sit still and talk to the Lord about this looks how I thought I wanted it to look, but why does it feel empty? Something I wish I would have known earlier on was to be more intentional about the why, not the how so much, but why am I doing this? And that seems so obvious. It seems such like such an obvious thing to share today. Like, well, hmm. That's a little worrisome that that's your tip, but the why behind the how is what keeps it going. That's what lights my fire every day. Now, actually having women in my mind and knowing their names and knowing their families and knowing when one of them got COVID and in the very beginning and being terrified because I didn't know what that meant. And her whole family was sick and being in relationship with them and doing life with them and knowing all of our artists and writers are contract-based and our writers actually serve unless they write a study, they do it out of the goodness of their heart because they want to, but it's a small piece of their livelihood, but it's still a piece. 
And to know that every order that comes in, it's not just feeding my family, but it's actually a part of all these women all over the world and their families too. That's what keeps me going. And if I would have focused on that earlier on, I think I would have had less of a grip on the how than I did. I think that's a great lesson. I think, you know, part of what I feel and I see so many people struggle with is they're shooting for the mountaintop. Like I just, I want to create, I have all these desires and passions and I want to create it and they get there and they are burnt out and they, they wonder. And I think what you just said, it's the nail on the head. It's because you've done all the how you've done A and B and C and now you're there and you say, I don't, this, this is, this was all for this. This is all it is. Like, why do I feel so empty or why do I feel like my fire, like someone has blown it out. Mm-hmm. this doesn't make sense because I knew this was what I'm supposed to do. I knew this desire, or this dream was in my heart. I pursued it, gave it everything I've got. And now I'm here mm-hmm. and this is it. And like you said, this pause to step back and say, why did I want this? I wanted it to dive deeper into relationships with other women. I wanted to be part of people's stories and invite them into mine. I wanted to create mm-hmm. this amazing community that can grow and feel purposeful and purpose-filled and keep their fires lit as they Mm -hmm. write and use their gifts to encourage other people. So I I see that so often that people feel like when they reach this point, it's going to be everything they've ever wanted. And they get there and a lot of people Mm -hmm. lose their why along the way because they've covered up their why with all the to-dos, with all the how-tos, with all the steps and the education and the money. And they've spent so much of their emotional, tangible, physical, whatever you call it, time, energy, money, resources. Mm -hmm. They've lost the why and it's buried. It's like, how can they just like declutter everything they put on top to just go back to what, what is the, what is the purpose? Why did I choose to pursue this? Yeah. Yeah. That idea of always going back to giving women a space to do something they love that they're gifted at, that may not be an obvious career path. Like these women that are women on our team are pediatric oncology nurses. They are teachers. We have an attorney, like the people on our team that come home in the evenings and paint the cover of a Bible or write a Bible study. It's not who you would think it would be. Their stories are very, very traditional during the day. And they come home to do this because it fulfills a piece of them that they feel led to. And it's seasonal. We have women that will be on our team for five years and then they'll take a step back for a couple of months or it kind of ebbs and flows, which is beautiful too, because it's a place of belonging and fulfillment that you kind of follow where you feel led to be. But I would have never realized that or found that had it not been for that pause I took. And then I was introduced to Freedom Shield Foundation. We, I know we spoke about them mm-hmm. last week over coffee, but I was introduced to them and they rescue women and children from human trafficking and labor trafficking. And I was introduced to them in a way that was trembling because I didn't know how close to home that cause was. And I thought, Lord, why, why wheat and honey again? I'm trying to get this business up and running and just make it profitable for the people that are already part of it. How, how does this work together? 
And it was just dipping our toe in the water and providing hand-painted Bibles when women graduate through their programs or in their safe homes. And it's on an as-need basis. They'll say, we actually need 30 right now, or we may go two years and they don't need any because they they have so many. But I was so focused on, okay, that's our big thing. That's my why that I didn't realize until recently, these last few months, that's a beautiful why and a thing to get to be a part of. But there's something even bigger right here, which is the women that are part of this team every day that I get to show up and be in relationship with. But it's funny how we don't really know where our eyes are supposed to be. We just have to pay attention. And all the things fall in the right places. And sometimes it's not as clean as I want it to be. It's not a quick little Instagram bio that's super clear that says who we are and what we do. And it makes a lot of sense, which I crave. Like, oh, it almost makes me itch when I feel like it's not clean because I just want it to be so clear. I want all the products to make so much sense. And that is a great way to be. But sometimes being so focused on that, we miss an opportunity to just kind of shift our focus for a minute. And that's where the bigger picture and the why tends to come from when I give it the space to do that. That's so beautiful. Just like you said, the people that even for you, like your business is this right now, but you can still get involved in this way. Your pediatric oncology mm-hmm. nurses. Who, I know. It's not crazy. They just, they, they're able to create space and being open and receptive to mm-hmm. shifting a portion of their time to something that makes them so happy and mm-hmm. lights their fire, gives back in a different way. And mm-hmm. for you, right, there's this organization that you feel so passionate yeah. about and it's maybe I can serve them in a different way right now. And maybe that'll mm-hmm. evolve at some point, mm-hmm. but right and now, it may not. yes, like it's yeah. shifting focus in different ways and just being open to where you're feeling led, I think is, mm-hmm. is really key. Um, what is like one way that you feel like all of us can just be more open to creating greater community right where we are. Because like you said, I think people are in all different seasons. They're working full-time jobs, part-time mm-hmm. jobs, still in school, going back to school. And sometimes we have to be right where we are mm-hmm. and we can't make a big leap or a big jump that maybe it, maybe we want to. Like, what mm-hmm. is a way that you feel like you've learned we can create commu- connection or community right where we are? That's a question I would love to ask somebody else because I need help in that area. (laughs) But from experience, part of it is listening to what our family needs, what we need. If you're single, what is it that you need? If you're a mom, if you're married, whatever it is, what is it that you need? And sometimes that community needs to be narrow and deep versus wide and shallow. And that's okay. There are some seasons like the end of last year, I took a few months and I said no to every single friend that wanted to do anything except for three people. I had these three people that I thought those are safe people that already know me well. We've already gone deep. They live close. I will spend time with them, but I have to give myself a season of rest, whatever that timeline looked like. And I set a timeline and told my husband, I'm not saying yes to anything else right now during this window because I need time to still be around people, but also take care of my home base. And that protection is really, really important. And sometimes committing to more new people isn't the right thing, but it's also that self-awareness of I've come out of that season and I've had that space. 
And now I want to be around new people as I have time. And for me, I try to do one thing a week and that's probably a little bit too practical, but for me, it helps to think when I look at my calendar, I'd love to go for a walk with one friend or get coffee with one friend or grab dinner with a friend or whatever it may be, but kind of planning my calendar that way. So it's manageable, but I'm continuing to surround myself with new people, but also knowing and being okay with times that I need some space to be in a familiar environment so that I can be my best too is equally as important. Great tip. So you don't need to ask anybody else. You just need to tell us. <laughs> just tell us. You can just remind me how to do it. Just remind me next week. <laughs> okay. I'll remind you. <laughs> well, this has been really great. One of the questions I love to ask everyone who's on is, you know, what does success look like to you? Like, how do you define it in your own life? Because I think that is one of the most beautiful things is we all see it differently. And it's so cool to hear that everybody is pursuing different definitions of success and mm-hmm. there's so much awe and beauty in that. So mm-hmm. love for you to just share, what does that look like to you as a business owner and everything else that you do? It's new. My answer would have been different a couple of months ago, but it's truly finding peace and contentment right where I am. And as a business owner that is motivated by money, I have always been motivated by money. My dad's a financial advisor, and that has always been a benchmark of success for me, more so than job title, career path. The money that I bring home for my family, in my eyes, is my success. And I'm learning. I am the llama that's on too much of a mission. (laughs) And part of that intentionality and living a life that I love every day is being content right where I am and trusting I have what I need for today. I have my daily bread for today and I don't have to question that. And moments I don't think I do, I'm wrong. That's a lie. I do have what I need for today and I get to be content and peaceful in that. And also understanding I'm not supposed to worry about tomorrow. I'm supposed to plan and be wise and make good decisions and care about the future, but I'm not supposed to worry about it. And when I get caught up in the worry of that next level of financial achievement, before I enjoy the present, it's such a shame. So I'm reframing my mind actively to view my success as when I wake up in the morning, am I happy and content with this day? And if I am, that's my success for today. I'm going to have to replay this part over and over and over (laughs) because it was so good. And you're going to have to come back for another episode on just that, because I do think that that is definitely something that we could unpack in so much more detail. Mm -hmm. That is so true. Like today, today is enough. Mm -hmm. Am I grateful and content with this gift of a day Mm -hmm. with breath in my lungs, an opportunity to connect and interact and be, Mm -hmm. because that is enough. That Mm -hmm. is enough. And yeah, this is one of my favorite definitions. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. thank you for, for sharing. Of course. Thank you for sharing that. So where can people find you? Tell us all the places Mm -hmm. they can find you or where (laughs) you want to send people. For Wheat and Honey Co., we are on Instagram and Facebook and Pinterest at Wheat and Honey Co. Co. And then we're also online at wheatandhoneyco.com. And then personally on Instagram, I'm at underscore Brit Goff, two T's and two F's. <laughs> two T's, two F's. Easy enough. Yep. Yep. 
Well, this has been really insightful and I'm so grateful for you just sharing your wisdom and just continuing to just bring community together in this conversation as we just are all learning and growing and walking alongside of each other. And I think that this episode has been such a great reminder that we're not meant to do it alone and in different mm-hmm. seasons, there might be more or less people yeah. that are alongside you in the journey, but that's what we're all put on this earth to do is to be in mm-hmm. relationship and to keep growing. And so I love all that you're doing, all that you're creating, Thank you. the spaces, the products, all of it. So I'll definitely share all of that in the show notes and thanks for being here. Thank you. So much good stuff in today's conversation with Britt. In case you missed any of the golden nuggets, here are my top seven truths and takeaways. Number one, follow your intuition rather than following the pressure. See your gut as a gift and lean into it. Number two, we are built for relationships. Surround yourself routinely with inspiring people, often ahead of their game and not just from a self-seeking angle, but truly in it to create relationships and don't ask them for all their secrets, but ask tastefully, connect authentically, but create those relationships first. Number three, do one thing this week and each week to create community. Number four, if you're waiting in the hard, you're not alone. This is one of my favorite quotes that um, she shared in this episode. She says, sometimes we have to sit in the hard and work through the hard as it builds resilience and strengthens us and helps us keep our fire lit by other ways and in other means to keep that fire burning where it is for as long as it needs to burn there. So good. Number five, don't get burnt out, tired, and isolated. Self-educating. Invite help in to help you get clarity. Number six, don't drown out your why with all the how-tos and must-dos. And lastly, create small spaces to tease out your gifts and the desires that you have. Well, thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you haven't already, take a few quick seconds to leave a review, leave some feedback on the podcast and subscribe so that you don't miss out on all the amazing upcoming guests as well as resources that I'm gonna be just sharing with you for free for you to have um, to help you in your own individual journeys. So. Until next time.